This episode of Tales of the Voidfair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over at the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show and all the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you could join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash projectderailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast called Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you everyone for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Previously on Tales of the Void Farah. My name is Squidigo, but y'all can call me Squilly. What part of space are you from? <laughs> <laughs> Grew up on Toro. Toro? We know folks from Toro. A colleague of mine reached out to me and said that he was noticing very disturbing patterns in the behavior of the Cretorian elite. Unfortunately, I was unable to learn more from him before he suddenly vanished. So if I'm able to find any information on Actuary Prolego, I could potentially find what this was. Correct. You guys are really going to split the party on me? Okay, here we go. Cowabunga it I, is. I suggest... <laughs> Okay, all I'm saying is we can fire the other two <laughs> and run with this. I mean, it'd make for a good odd couple story. That is true. Wait, who are you? Who am? Wait, this isn't Fables? Or this isn't Apes? Fables? What are you doing here, Cliff? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, Cliff, why don't you introduce yourself for any degenerates out there that are listening to this show, but not also listening to Fables Around the Table and Cape Chronicles. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cliff. I was on this show once before for the Con on the Cob live show. You can go back to listen to that if you want. It is canon. Uh, it is. Uh, you can go over to Fables Around the Table, uh, pick a season starting with Firelight, the Halloween compilation from last year, and just spin a wheel. I will likely be on it. <laughs> and also, go listen to Cape Chronicles. It's the Masks actual play RPG that we've got. That's every first and third Wednesday. And also, hey, uh, that other knucklehead that uh, you like on this show, Flapwing, he and I just released an, a new album, 2D6. You just can't have one. It's on streaming services, 2d6music.bandcamp.com. You can go there. There are things to listen to. But listen to those after you go back and binge every show on the Project Derail Network. <laughs> ah, yes, plug. 2d6, that classic ska band. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss something about ska in particular? No, he didn't say it was nerdcore, so I, I, I took liberties with my interpretation. Uh, <laughs> but I do not care for Ska. 
I, however, love Ska. It's fun. I am indifferent to Ska. (laughs) There we go. We got the whole spectrum. You have the true spectrum of Ska enthusiasts. Uh The Ska-scape. Well, Tom is behind the scenes right now, but I know for a fact that he is an appreciator of Ska, which means that tips the scales in my favor. Tom is Tom is a figment of your imagination. It's okay. Shit, I always knew it. <laughs> Alrighty. Enough of this ska debate. We know we know who is correct here. We don't need to The to... important debate is Chipotle <laughs> versus Hotheads, and there's a correct answer, and it does not, not start with C. Not this again. If anybody wants to partake in that debate, they can uh, join the Project Derail Discord by going to projectderail.com slash discord. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go there myself and talk about how I'm indifferent to both. <laughs> I've been aggressively neutral today. I know. Yeah, you are the, the truest of neutral today. All right. Well, uh, I think we have a story to continue. Indeed. Marco. Yes. You find yourself in the catacomb district of this massive library city of Lycia Macanus. You have traveled here with Cyrus, who is now in his drone form, projecting an illusion of his earthly body for the convenience of the others around him, but mostly for the emotional security of himself so he could feel like he has an actual body. Rinzar, your Gizzerai companion, and uh, Brohane. You separated from the rest of the group because they were going off to deal with Kazath, the Githyanki from Ravnus's past, while you headed out here to the Catacomb District to search for the office of Actuary Galenus Prolego, an official from the Kratorian Empire who, according to the Lich, Archon Nasticia, uncovered something that made him think something was wrong with the Kratorian Empire. At the time... The Archon did not think much of it, but he vanished shortly thereafter. And this all happened to be shortly before the fall of the Kratorian Empire itself. So the Archon requested that you travel here and see what became of him and what information you can find. You traveled over here to the Catacomb District, which is nestled at the base of this massive dam on the east end of the canyon that houses this entire city. And the data within Cyrus's new body was able to point you to this building and the third floor. Upon getting up here and looking around, you narrowed it down to one of two offices. The first office uh, seemed to be of an arcanist studying Cinder Shard and comparing notes with a colleague of his from another crystal sphere entirely, a place called Ort Space. Having collected some interesting floating black crystals and pocketing some information there, you turned your attention to the other door. The only truly intact door on this level, its wood seemingly unscathed to the test of time, As you approach it, you see that it does not appear to have a handle or a doorknob, but it does have a knocker made out of brass in the center of the door. It seems to be shaped like the crest of the Lycia Marconis, a winged owl. Winged owl? What what owls are not winged? Uh, (laughs) An owl with its wings splayed out and grasped in its talons as a scroll. You've seen this crest before. It actually adorns all of the librarian drone terminals and you've also seen it uh, carved in various other places all throughout the city Um, but there's two details of note that makes it unique to the others firstly inset into the owl's 
chest is a circular, it, it almost looks like a marble that is like inset like a ball in a socket. Uh, that appears to be two-toned, like split down the middle, one hemisphere being like a clear crystal and the other hemisphere being almost made out of like a putty or gum. And it appears to be loosely set in the chest of this owl. Um, the other difference is, is that when you previously saw this sigil, the scroll that the owl is holding said, in Kratorian, Lycia Maconis, City of Endless Knowledge. That is not present here. Instead, you see a spiral-like pattern that almost resembles, it's just a line that's curved in a, like a partial spiral, almost resembling like a snail shell. Okay. And below it is like just six like tick marks. Hmm. Okay, so six dots and a kind of like the start of like a golden ratios type of deal. Okay, okay. Um, hmm. You previously got a natural 20 on your investigation check. You could tell that this door and the knocker is magic. Yes, okay. Magic door, magic knocker. Hmm. So looking around this thing, does there does there seem to be a place in which one can just simply knock? Like, you know, take I mean, the handle and just tink, tink, tink. You can. Uh, it's it's present there in front of you. Um, well, okay, well, first off, just Occam's razor. Let's just knock on the door and see if that opens it. So I will just take it and knock three times. All right. Knock, knock, knock. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh. Remember, kids, this is called science. <laughs> and sometimes it hurts. That would be a 10. Okay. You see that the marble in the chest of the owl spins. And in fact, you can see see it more clearly now as it moves. It is Literally half of it is like a, a crystal clear like glass or crystal and the other uh, as it moves you recognize as gum arabic which in that split second you realize is the magical components for Luke's resilient sphere and there's a flash and you are encased in a shimmering sphere of force the bottom of the door like bucks outward knocking the sphere backwards to the staircase <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Brohane and Rinzar jump back in surprise. Rinzar tries to stop the sphere from rolling down the stairs, but is not quick enough. And you go, down three flights of stairs. Um, <laughs> I scream up to the top. I am okay. It is muffled to everyone else's ears. <laughs> you get to the bottom. I think just from you being kind of like tossed around, you take four points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Um, and you are in a hamster ball. Okay. Um, so, question. I know what this spell is, right? From the descriptor? Y yeah. You recognized it. Okay. What level spell is that again? Uh, it's a fourth level spell. Okay. Um, you also know that um, if unless the spell is modified, um, it should end after a minute. Okay. Hmm. All right. With that knowledge, I think instead of doing anything about it, I'm just going to sit for a minute and wait. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so you're kind of like suspended in this sphere as it kind of rolled across the bottom of the atrium at the base of this tower, kind of positioning yourself partially upside down. And you see two scaly feet kind of step into the room <laughs> not far from you. Squiddy, would you like to describe what you look like? 
Yeah, so they're not so much scaly feet. Uh, more so, they're uh, these studded leather boots that are fuzzy. They almost look like uh, the Ugg boots if they were uh, <laughs> studded leather. And as you're like looking up from there, you see this tuxedo that is made out of studded leather as well. And uh, you, as you're looking up further, you see that the frame gets wider as uh, it comes to see the past that you're looking at a big turtle who has a uh, big shield that is designed with seashells to look like a turtle shell. And on their hip, uh, they have a... Uh, on their right hip, they have a holster with a strange-looking uh, handgun in it. And they're wearing this, like, strange, like, hat on top. Oh, hello there. How are you? What? <laughs> I don't know how you got here. I wasn't expecting anyone to be here. It's at that point the sphere dissipates. And Marco, you're dropped like six inches onto your head. Ow. ow. Ah. So I get up, like rubbing my head. Um, you, um, well, I, I was not expecting anybody either. Um, who are you? Hmm. Hey, I think I'll drop the act now. That's just a little turtle joke that I like to uh, do when I'm meeting new people. The name's Squeedy. How you doing? Um, charmed. Um, <laughs> I'm Marco Astorio. Hmm. Marco. Mar why that? Why does that name sound familiar? I don't know. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Well. Uh, so you wanna wanna tell me what you're doing here? Cause uh, I was uh. Led to believe that there wasn't going to be anyone here in this uh, unfortunate, chilly place. Um, uh, Marco, uh, something familiar strikes you about the hat that this turtle is wearing. It's it's kind of a, like a helmet that has like kind of stylized like flange to it, almost like a, almost evoking like a little bit of the silhouette of like a samurai helm. Okay, you're pretty sure you've seen one that looks almost exactly like this before among the artifacts collected by the Seekers to be cataloged at the Seekers Enclave on Nadir Anchorage. And you're pretty sure it's a helm of teleportation. Um. Um. It looks exactly like the one that you saw in passing back on the at the Enclave. Yeah, so I'm like, so I'm an archaeologist here on a dig and I accidentally set off a trap. Now, would you care to explain what you're doing here, my very finely dressed friend? Well, uh, I'm I'm an independent contractor. You know, I take a job, somebody wants me to find something, and I find it. And it just so happens that uh, the person that wants me to find something teleported me here, and when I find it, I got my way back. Okay, um, who... Do you mind if I ask who hired you? Uh, you see, that's a little bit of a faux pas in the uh, in the industry I work in. Uh, 
Okay, let me rephrase this. The hat you're currently wearing seems to be a hat with magical properties that gains... that, that allows you to teleport. Um, I've seen this once before at the place that I work, which is the Seeker's Enclave, back on the Deer Anchorage. Oh, okay, and yeah, that's your... Yeah, I'm work. I'm working for the Nadir Seekers. Okay, okay, good. You're working. Then you're working for one of my, uh, well, acquaintances, colleagues. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that. Uh, I'm. Uh, I got sent here by one of your colleagues. They're they're uh, looking for something, and they said that this location uh, might have it. So here I am. Okay. Okay. So. Now we're going- Alright, our interests are actually aligned, sir, because I am also looking for something here, and I'm assuming that the Seekers will want to deal with this, so what if we work together? Marco, are you alright down there? You hear Brohane's voice echo down the stairs. Yes, yes, um, um, one- I'll be- I'll be right back up. Only minor scrapes. Come, let's, um- let me introduce you to at least uh, some of my compatriots. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And, and um, go start leading Squiddy upstairs. Sure. You guys climb back up the three flights of stairs back to the third level. And yeah, Squiddy, when you get to the top, you see a dwarf that you've seen in passing before aboard the Coriolis whale ship. It didn't stick around, but he was definitely with the crew of the Voidfarer. Stout with a reddish-brown beard. He actually has tools on his belt that you peg him immediately for being a fellow artificer. And with him is a a Githzerai in, like, sleek but warm clothes that seem to be kind of hobbled together and scavenged from materials that were found probably here in the city. And then you see what looks like a projection of a handsome-looking elf, an illusion being projected from a hovering gyroscopic drone. And this illusion of the elf kind of looks at Marco and says, Marco, who, who is this? And his voice is, like, modulated and robotic as it's coming from the spinning rings of this gyroscopic floating orb. Okay, well, um, I'm figuring that out myself, but, um... that That is a very cool, uh floating orb you got there that's uh making that projection hey uh dwarf guy i remember you you was a uh, you came up on the you were with that ship with the the one ship that uh showed up at the on the party whale right oh huh. i tried to put that out of my memory it's kind of a largely awkward and very um uh self-contained uh event yeah yeah but <laughs> Hey, y'all y'all still traveling with that uh that little door and that uh gift with the glowing sword? Aye, yeah, that would be uh Flapwing and Ravness. Yeah, Marco, it seems that uh this turtle has met your companions before. I kinda like do a double take and go, wait. You know you know Ravness and Luckbeak? Yeah, I was uh, I was on a Creole ship for uh, a couple weeks and it just so happened that uh Voidfarer and the uh oh what's that, that uh they were these musicians. They showed up. I had to give them a tour, and it was really awkward. Uh, I just started doing tours that day, so I didn't know what I was talking about a lot of it. Marco, you, you kind of pieced together that this is probably one of the times where, like, during the span, you right after you you thought Hannah had died, right yeah. after that, that failed sending spell. 
that you you remember hearing about a stint where the many of the crew went over onto another ship and you stayed behind. Yeah, um, thinking back, it's like, oh, wow, oh, well, what strange fortunes, um... Wait, are you the Space Getty guy? The Space Getty guy? Yeah, you, they said the, the, the Space Getty guy. <laughs> um, I am, sir, I am, uh, I'm Marco Astorio, yes, I am, I am Flapwing and, uh, Ravnus's, uh, friend. Yeah, they, they mentioned they had a friend who wasn't eating any of their Space Getty and it was their favorite meal. Oh, oh, yes, yes, um, yeah, that, that one would have been me, that, that was me, um, that's, uh, awkward situation on that one, but, uh, yes, yes, that, that was me, actually, I was, I was back on the ship whenever those events happened. Well, you know what, I, I, I gotta say, it's, it's nice to get to meet, uh, all the the dream team, because they, they they talked about you a bit, how they wished you were here and that you wouldn't come out. But uh, uh yes, it's, it's uh, I gotta say that uh, the little door made an impression on me. Oh, um, you could have to regale me at s- some point, but uh, yeah, this is this is this is great. So this is not a stranger actually. So we are you know friends of friends, and um, it's just a very odd way of meeting you. No, I, I I get that. I don't th- I don't know that a uh, person who hired me was really expecting to uh, me to come upon anybody that was actually you know alive here. There was, well, sapient at least. Who in the in the Deer Seekers hired you then? Look, I don't normally talk about like contracts and stuff because normally we keep that kind of under wraps, uh, kind of a little bit of a faux pas. I mean, at the end of the day, who am I going to tell? I mean, look at me. Do I look like I have a massive social life? Hey, I, I don't know. For all, for all I know, uh, you could be uh, you could be whining and dining all the crew people with, with the space gaddies on on the ship. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Don't don't judge a book by its cover. But yes, um, either way, I mean, I I work with a lot of people. I mean, I have um, you know, colleagues in the Seeker, so it just seems odd. Um, no, nah, but it was, it was this, uh, it was this tiefling, they seemed new to, uh, really making these kind of contracts. There was, uh, the name's Albion. Albion? Oh, that's Albion Silksong. Yes, he's, uh... Um, yeah, that's him. Huh. Interesting. I wasn't, I guess I didn't think that he'd be into this, but, um... All right, well, you know what the good thing is? Is that our paths are currently in alignment, because I'm currently looking for some items here... For um, an old friend on uh, Vizier, and maybe we can, you know, work together, try to get the information that we need. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, mine might be a little bit more uh, heavy, but it looks like you got some backup here, so that would be uh, that'd be good too. Uh, you see him reach into like a pocket in his uh, outfit, and he pulls out this like little seashell compact. And flips it open, and a little, like, static image of what looks like a drawing of a creature pops up. Yeah, so, uh, I'm, uh, looking for a Nothic. Marco, you see this image of a creature. Um, it 
is humanoid with two legs and two arms, but with clawed feet and gnarly clawed hands. Its flesh looks like it's like pooling and tearing across its body with spiky protrusions all down its back. Its face is almost skeletal with pointed teeth and then a single giant green eye. The... I don't... What? I have no idea what that is. Well, it... Truth be told, I ain't never seen one either. But, uh... Listen, y'all, so he is the deal. Uh, they didn't say in the contract why they need it. They said they... But they said he needed it alive. I overheard... Uh... I'll be on, t- I'll be on talking to, uh... Somebody before they came in the room to get the contracts all situated and whatnot. But, uh... So apparently they need it alive because they need the live one to study it because uh, I guess somebody's sick with something and the Nothicus might have a, might have like some kind of cure. I don't know. But all I'm saying, we don't have to worry about like trying to subdue it or nothing like that. Uh, you see, I got a... Uh, I, I made sure to prepare my spells as necessary today and... Uh, you know, we can knock it out, and then I can uh, keep it keep it on ice. Uh, didn't realize that was going to be that much of a pun on this planet, but here we are. <laughs> you guys both see the uh, the illusory image of Cyrus look kind of uncomfortable and concerned when observing the image of this Nothic. So look at that. I look at Cyrus and say, "Is um, is this something to be concerned? I mean, is this a native species to this land?" Um. It does not look like it. You could... You could say that, in a sense. Um, The creature itself is not, in the grand scheme of things, particularly dangerous, but they are aberrations, and they are creatures that my order has some experience with. What makes them unique, however, is that they're not from the Far Realm. They are wizards that have been corrupted in their pursuit of knowledge, by a curse that originates from the Far Realm. Wizards that have gotten so obsessed in the pursuit of secret knowledge that they have lost themselves and been transformed. Alright, yeah, that makes sense. They are common here, even in my time, usually lurking among the deepest parts of the city. Part of the reason my order was stationed here, or rather... Uh, an agreement in exchange for the base of operations in the city was for my order to help contain and eliminate their numbers within the city. Yeah, you, this is why I never went into Eldritch studies personally. I mean, there's too much of a risk. Hmm. Okay, then. So we're, so we're basically dealing with a wizard. Most of their wizard abilities will have been lost. The creature will have next to no sense of its former self left. Um, it will be kind of driven driven by a primal need to seek out knowledge to potentially cure itself. Um, but it is also through its connection to the Far Realm um, and the aberrant forces that transformed it gained a bit of psionic ability to allow it to pry into the minds of others and extract secrets. Oh, that's concerning. So, Squiddy. Yeah, what can I do for you? Well, I mean, you're you're looking for this thing. I'm looking for knowledge. 
I mean, we can work together here. You know, you you help me at least get through this door, and so I can get what I need from it. And then um, we'll help you try to collect this Nothic alive. Well, like, like I was saying, we don't need to worry about necessarily collecting it alive. I've got my sparing the dying's cantrip all ready to go, so we can knock it out. I can keep it on ice, and we can get it tied up. You know, bada bing, bada boom, good to go. All right, yeah, let's um, well, let, let's go then. This seems like a good plan. I mean, what, what do you say? Yeah, I'm more than happy to uh to help you out, especially if I ain't gotta take one of those things on all by myself. They don't look right. From your descriptor, I would say that no, not at all. They they sound ghastly. I mean. Like I said, I've I've seen some things that have happened to those who have gone looking into the uh, the darker realms of our world. So I I can only imagine what's happened to this poor specimen. Absolutely, yo. Uh, so we gotta get through this door. But uh, also, like, so what exactly is it that you're looking for? So that way, I know I can try and keep an eye out for it. Uh, I gotta tell you, I don't read any of the stuff that's going on around here, so uh, I don't know how much help I'm gonna be with that, but I'm good at picking out books that look like they uh, have some kind of, like, magic to them. So, that's an interesting thing, because I'm not entirely sure. What I do know is that this office was the office of a man named Galanus Prolego, and he has information about the Kratorian Empire that potentially eventually led to its demise. So, if you happen to find any information that looks particularly prophetic, apocalyptic, that looks like it stands out amongst the rest, just flag it and let me know. Like I said, probably all things considered, once if, if you can help me get through this door, the information might just even be on the desk and we can call it a day on my end. Hey, that sounds good to me. So, uh, yeah, this, this door is real weird, like... Yes, it is certainly magic, and that's what's interesting about it. What you just saw a moment ago was the result of me testing out its, uh, knocking ability. After knocking three times, I was, um, put into an orb and sent rocketing down the stairs. So, knocking alone is not the trick, but I have a feeling there's something to do with these six dots underneath and the start of this kind of kind of, like, slightly circular line that's kind of going outward. Hmm. And when, you, and when you touched it, you got blasted down the stairs where I ended up uh, getting teleported through, right? Yes, correct. I knocked on it three times, and I got sh- shot across the room and down the stairs with, in an orb, which I guess is code for um, stay away from my chambers. Hmm. Well, let me, uh, let me try something here real quick. Uh, and you see I reach into... My studded suit coat. All right, Coral, come on, come on out, Coral. And you see, I pull out a uh, parrot, but it looks like it's been made with uh, out of like seashells as well. And, all right. All right, Coral. Uh, I want you to go over. And does this door have a doorknob, Nick? Nope. Just the knocker. I want you to go over and bite onto the knocker and hang on to it for a minute. And. Uh, when it flies over to do that, uh, I would like to use uh, my touch ability to cast Identify on the door. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, you do know that uh, the 
the spell uh, Otto Luke's Resilient Sphere is basically encoded on the door knocker. But the magical aura of the entire door seems to be like included in that with just abjuration magic. So you get the impression that knocking on the door knocker in the correct sequence will unlock the door. Knocking on it in the wrong sequence will get Otto Luke's Resilient Sphere cast on you. Either of you can make an intelligence check if you'd like for a clue. Okay. Okay. That would be a uh, dirty non-natural 20 for me. Yeah. Uh, you think uh, you were on the right track by observing that it seemed to be like the start of the uh, golden ratio symbol. Yeah, I got a good old-fashioned uh, 13. Yeah, you're not sure. You're still kind of looking for any corresponding circular symbol. Uh, but Marco, you seem to think that uh, you're on the right track with that, and the notches across the bottom seem to be perhaps indicating how many steps in the sequence. Okay. Um, huh. So have you ever heard of the golden ratio before? Uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I Every now and then I uh, use it when I'm tinkering around with uh, my, uh, my, all my tools and everything. Yes, I think this is the start of it, and it's a matter of trying to at least cre maybe create the golden ratio of some kind, um, you know, drawing it out, essentially. You, you're pretty sure from observing this that the symbol is cluing you into how to knock on the door. How to knock on the door. So, I'm going to say, it's like, okay, so this is kind of how we're supposed to knock on it, but um, I'm not entirely sure how to knock in the direction or in the way of the golden ratio so i don't oh. know as i look at this knocker does it look like it has like 360 no scope movement to it or no 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 it does not let me see if any of the npcs can give you another hit um i will have coral come back though and got it consult with my uh homunculus Cyrus is actually going to say, hmm, it appears the actuary is a fan of math. Um, hmm, so... The spiral is the spiral that is created by creating squares of widths of a particular sequence. So, okay, so looking at the, looking at the golden ratio here, <laughs> so is this a matter of, like, doing a math equation and getting the answer? No. I'll let Marco make another intelligence check with advantage after Cyrus's hint. Okay. Okay, that's a 23. 23. So the golden ratio spiral is basically created using the Fibonacci sequence. Okay. Two squares, one unit wide. One, one, and then double, two, three, five, eight. Six notches in that sequence. You're pretty sure you have to knock once, once, twice, thrice, five times, and eight times. Yeah, I started to look at the numbers. I was trying, I was thinking of that, but I was starting at three, five, eight, and just calling it a day. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it was like, sort of like almost musical in that as well, like knock, 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 just kind of for the end point, certain end point of the uh, line of it. 
Yeah, the the symbol did end up looking musical, which wasn't yeah. my intention. <laughs> Good guesses. I feel like I was I feel like I was going to get close enough once I had the numbers in front of me, but it would have taken like probably at least two or three more yeets down the <laughs> stairs to figure it out. So. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I'm going to start knocking in um, the rhythm of this golden ratio of what it's leading out. So like knock, 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 knock. It'd be knock, 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 five, and then eight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know it. You figured it out between talking amongst everybody. um, And uh, upon completing uh, that sequence, the door clicks open. You notice that Marco is, like, ready, like, bracing himself for another yeet down the stairs, ready to hear the click. Mm-hmm. You see a dusty chamber beyond that looks like an explosion went off. Not in the sense that there's destruction, but even after the test of time, you see papers strewn everywhere. Things are a mess. Furniture is not overturned, but just kind of, like, randomly around places. It just looks like whoever lived here was a slob. <laughs> the interesting thing is, is that everything in this chamber seems to be preserved. Oh my. This is immaculate. It must have been magically sealed. Well, I wouldn't necessarily call the room immaculate, but everything looks in, like, <laughs> mint condition. Um, yes, yes, of course, um... Yeah, it's certainly, um, I think if this is, in fact, Galanus Prolego's office, it is certainly, um, well, to say the least, he was not a cleanly man equals one of the gods, so. Well, uh, he got a, he got any kind of, like, uh, name placard, like, on the desk, uh, that way we can, like, confirm that, if this is his office or just, a somebody's real nice thing that they wanted to keep real nice for a long time. Um, let me see here, real quick. I just want to look something up. Good. Oh, same. Okay, so would comprehend comprehend languages equals out to written text, or is that just spoken? Uh, I think that's written text, because I okay. think tongues is the spoken one. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. It's written and uh. Okay. Um. But you could only comprehend written language if you're touching it. Okay. Yeah. So. I will go over to Squiddy and say, all right, so I'm going to help you out here for a second. Um, And I pull out my magical archive and start to spin it to cast Comprehend Language on Squiddy. Whoa, that's, uh, that's wild. Uh, all right, cool. This should, uh, double time it because I think, uh, with with this, would the spell, uh, extend to Coral as well? I, how, how does Coral, is Coral is its own creature? Uh, yeah, it, Coral understands languages that I can speak. So if I have no. comprehend language, no, because you can't speak the language; you just understand it. And unfortunately, I can only cast this once with my magical item. Um, so yeah, cast on Squid and go. All right, so um, yeah, I realized that this is all going to be in Kratorian, so you're not going to understand it, but now you will. So it should come out to look like common. Look for any information about um civilization being in danger any impending peril anything that might hint at the idea that society could be in danger especially if it involves um and i'm just gonna say illithids and see what he says uh oh yeah you're uh you're uh, as long as i can understand it i have something to go back with but am i affected by that now yeah 
So instead of a lithids, you hear him say plasmoids. So here's a question, Nick, just for knowing how to play this. On the whale ship, I could understand Ravnus talking about squids. I guess, oh, I guess that's true. Like, Marco's not talking specifically about, like, a specific event. Um, yeah, no, so you would hear squids. Okay. Yeah, strictly only for historical reasons. No other potential reasons. Person who was in my brain. <laughs> hey, yeah, your, uh, your friend, uh, Rab- Ravnus was talking about that back on the, uh, the whale ship. Yes, yes. Um, actually, that's perfect. Actually, because um, yeah, very important to my research. Um, especially with how squid, uh, illithids interacted with Kratorians way back in the long ago era. So, it's of, of utmost importance that we find this. So, if you see anything, um, get it to me as soon as we can, and then together we'll hunt down this Nothic. Hey, I uh, I just had this thought, and uh. I don't know if it's too far off. I don't know, really know nothing about your research or nothing, but uh, you said you're looking for some kind of chaotic event, right? Um, yes, yes, of course. And what's your, uh, what our uh, holographic friend here was saying before about how, like, this is a curse from the, uh, the far-off realms, but what if, I don't know, what if, like, all these, the, these people seem to be a pretty big into knowledge from what i can tell right oh i think i see where you're going with this um you know like people normal like people from like toral and crot space and all that they get they get sick from it from looking too far into this knowledge i i kind of see the hypothesis that you're going for here now i will say i don't think that anything bad is going to come from an accursory glance towards any of this, like, arcane knowledge. Um, could be that this actually affected them. You are right. I don't think that... I think that we'd have to, like, spend maybe, you know, years of hardened research to eventually reach the levels of madness that our Nothic friend ended up no, reaching. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying, like, I'm worried about that happening to me or nothing. I mean, I'm generally more on the... Uh, practical practical application of this stuff to begin with but uh no i mean like like you said that like you're looking into the downfall of this civilization well what if that had something to do with it oh yes yes that was thinking that as well i have a number of different hypotheses on that um but i hadn't actually thought about the idea of nothic being involved or them becoming nothic so it is certainly within the realms of possibility. Another good reason to get one of the living specimens. Like, we could probably trace it back and find out that this Nothic was actually Perlego himself. Right. Well, uh, me and my birdie are gonna start, uh, taking a look around over in this corner. Oh, well, um, you know, thank you, Squiddy, for the, um, enlightening kind of insight. That's... I hadn't thought about that. That's right. And then I'll trail off. As you guys go deeper into this apartment slash workspace you see that it is beginning to look more and more like the dwelling of a madman complete with the conspiracy boards and strings of twine crisscrossing the entire place 
you see writings pinned to the wall referencing various members of Kratorian High Council and like the leaders of various political factions and other entities within the empire. Notes about strange incongruous events happening at strange times. High profile individuals suddenly acting in ways that are strange and abnormal for their behavior. He has cited records of long-standing allies suddenly attacking each other with no clear rhyme or reason as to why. Both sides claiming the other instigated it. You have sudden forging of unlikely allies, factions that have never worked with each other ever and in fact were downright rivals suddenly working together. Random bursts of unexplained violence, increased activity that require rift century intervention at strange places and in populated areas, unusual solar activity. This guy is categorizing and pointing out everything and trying to make connections between one thing or the other. And going and just reading these things, you're not 100% sure how some of these things are connected in the way that he's like trying to connect them. It feels very conspiracy theory. Hey, uh, buddy, I don't think that uh, just taking a look is going to be enough for uh, all the evidence you're looking for. It looks like you just need to take this entire room. Oh. (laughs) Marco's looking around, looking like flabbergasted. Like, you see his jaws open, and he's like, I have to, um, yeah. Oh. Go ahead and make an investigation check with advantage, because uh, I'm interpreting this as Squiddy is helping. So the help action, you can make an investigation check. Okay, so that is a 25. Yeah. You kind of are starting to move uh, some things, like you find a desk, and you shift some papers, and you see a broken piece of cinder shard on the floor. And as you shift some things, you see more broken pieces. And then you actually find what looks like a device, and that looks like the brazier that you saw at the Rift Sentry's headquarters, except it looks portable. Okay. It's a circular construction of brass with a dozen slots for cognition crystals all around the outside. However, all of the crystals that you're finding seem broken and shattered. And in fact, you see a hammer where it looks like he decided to just start breaking as much cognition crystal as he has. You actually reach under the desk and you find one intact one. All right. So, yeah, I I, I pull out the one and I look at it and go, huh. Well... I don't want to do this alone, so, um, Squiddy, hold on tight. Uh, you're gonna feel weird. And I plug in the uh, curse. What? What now? everyone, Nick Yorisiva here, your dungeon master and solar dragon with crippling social anxiety. Thanks for listening to this 15th episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. It's Gen Con week. Fiona and I, along with Chelsea Rexinger from Fables Around the Table and Cape Chronicles, are going to be in Indy at the con on Saturday. Tweet at us if you're also going to be there and keep a lookout on our social media for any information about a potential informal meetup somewhere around the convention center sometime on Saturday. Come out and say hi.
The release of the D&D 5e Spelljammer box set is only weeks away, and that means so is JammerCon. JammerCon is a community-run online convention being held on Saturday, August 20th, celebrating the Spelljammer D&D setting across editions. Sign up to run or play games and enjoy a full day of streaming programming, including live episodes from a bunch of awesome Spelljammer actual plays like Better Than Heroes, God Mode, Spelljammer Tears of the Moon, and Us. And there's also going to be a streamed Q&A with Jeff Grubb, creator of the original Spelljammer setting. It's going to be a great time. Check the link in the show notes for more info. If you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfair and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. Now with a new single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast with the Derailed team just sits around and bullshits about whatever. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thank you for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on our social media at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. Cape Chronicles, our Masks A New Generation podcast, is nearing the conclusion of its first season. Fiona and myself, along with our friends Roger, Chelsea, and GM Cliff, get into teenage superhero hijinks one issue at a time. You can always catch new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month and stick around to the end of this episode for a trailer. Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord. We are always over there hanging out, sharing memes, competing in Music League, and playing games. Head to projectderailed.com discord to join in on the fun. Theme song and other original music by Tom Goldthwaite with additional music provided by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Void Fair lands on Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. Hey, that's the same day as Spelljammer. See you then. Yeah, Squiddy, you see the room around you suddenly melt away, and you and Marco are kind of plunged into a black void, this liminal space. And Marco, you've never seen this happen when you did this before. The same exact room forms around you as the one you left, except um, it is much, much less cluttered. There is no papers on the walls and no string across no like twine no conspiracy board none of that instead there are boxes and boxes of cinder shard crystals and you see a gnome middle-aged um you see he's wrinkled face crow's feet and he looks a little disheveled a little uh a little sleep deprived and he's sitting at his desk like holding a pipe with a shaky hand and he goes things things are deeper they go deeper than I could even imagine. I looked into Professor Arderforge. They are a ghost. They have no past. I don't know where they came from. And our entire civilization is adopting his technology. The using cinder shards to store memories and thoughts. Um, it's, we're trusting the development of someone who appeared out of nowhere and claims to have the best interests of the Kratorian Empire at heart. But how do we know? 
every claim from where he has come from has uh, turned a dead end whenever I've looked into it. Should I even be trusting recording this now? Um, he sees suddenly with the realization he's panicked. Um, and you can see while past entering cognition shards have uh, yielded like an interactive experience, if this facsimile of this individual sees you in this memory, he's not reacting. He's just kind of sitting at his desk dictating to himself. I think that like uh, Marco would run over to him and just be like, sir, 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 can you, hello? Ah, Record. who, where did you come from? Ah, this blasted technology. Sir. He's looking at you now. What, what information do you have? What is this? Uh, you, I, you're, you're going to have to be more specific, boy. I, I am knowledgeable in a great many things and my mind is very occupied at the moment. Okay, let's start off with your name. My name? Galanus. Galanus Prolego. Okay, okay, we're on the right track here. As I look to Squiddy. <laughs> hey, yeah, that, that's great. Um, uh, hey, what's what's the deal with what's going on right now? Like, is this real? Like, can I like, if I take, if I pick up one of these shards, like, will it go back with me? What's what's going on with that? Like, I don't know what I'm in right now. Um, <laughs> okay, so I like I leave Galanus aside for a second. I go over and it's like, listen, um, yes. So we are in, and you just see Marco just kind of flail around. <laughs> And he goes, it's like a, an image, an image of the past that is stored on a cinder shard that we can interact oh, so, with. So like, a, so like a major illusion just in a cinder shard, uh, cinder shard like as a focus for it? Yes, yes, actually, that's perfect. But it's, it's interactive. Like it has information from this person from the past. So yeah, think of it as a major illusion, but one that is fully interactive that can share knowledge. And there's no, like, Shadowfell magic or anything that's making anything real that I could take with me. Not that I'm aware of, no. This is, uh, this, this, we're just kind of, like, currently in the crystal at the moment. Uh, Marco, you, in fact, realize that you're probably both unconscious on the floor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did say to Cyrus, hey, wake us up when I say. <laughs> it's like, Cyrus's like, what? Plop. <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm very busy at the moment. Then what do you know about the Kratorian Empire? What do you know about them falling? What do you know about oddities, threats? Uh, many things, uh, many, many things. Things are terribly wrong. I don't know exactly what is happening, but everything is amiss. And I don't even know if I should be recording on this blasted thing because Hargard Arterforge may be part of it. How? How is he part of it? He appeared out of nowhere. He, we don't know exactly where he came from. He claimed to be from Ort space. But when I consulted individuals that uh, work with our, our colleagues there, they didn't know who he was. Every attempt for me to vet any of his background has turned up a dead end. Yet, he has provided the Kratorian Empire with an invaluable and incredibly powerful discovery, so everyone is willing to turn a blind eye to such things. So, th the technology is, is what we're doing right now, recording on crystals? Yes. The Nimopticon, which is the, the uh, device in which can read imprinted memories on Cinder Shard crystals. 
Artaforge claims that the encoding of memories onto this crystal is something unique to Cindershard, uh, or at the very least, Cindershard is uh, incredibly uh, adept at such a use, but um, he has not provided any type of methodology for how he came to such a discovery, um, nor has he shared any of his research. He has just come with the final product and said, and sharing it for the good of the Kratorian Empire, and something smells amiss. That, that is academic malpractice, but that is beside the point right now. Um, okay, okay, so Ardor, Har- Ardor Harderforge? <laughs> uh, his name is Haggard Arderforge. <laughs> yeah, I got that before. Yeah. But, uh, it's like, Ar- so it's Harder Arderforge. Harder Arderforge. Harder, harder, forge. <laughs> is 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 okay? Hagar Arterforge. And when that... I confronted him about it, he only made a very creepy comment about how I have a delicious mind. Hey, uh, uh, Marco, can I talk to you for a second? Of course. And he kind of stands up, walks over. Hear me out here. Okay. Y'all are having problems with squids. This stuff came out of no- Hey, you know everything you can do with Cinder Shard? Do I, Nick? You know a lot of things. I would know a lot to do with Cinder Shard. I don't know if I know everything. All right, so... So here's what I'm getting out of, like, all this, right? So you got the squid. You got your squids. They're coming out of whatever space they're in. You got the cinder shard stuff, which somebody's telling like people to put their memories and stuff in. Squids eat brains. And what do they get? They get the memories and like they go to their collective or whatever it is, right? Yes. So what if people who get too close to figuring out what's going on with that, how we how I was talking before about people getting sick? What if people get too close and they're around this cinder shard and they're getting sick and so that's why this dude went crazy and in his home back where back in our time everything's just wild he's got all those boards up and everything like that right what if this what if this person came through and was a squid and they had some kind of plan that they made with that cinder shard right so people get the the squids get food they know where they're supposed to attack places because they got all the secrets from everybody using cinder shard so if i were to say that i am worried about squid right now taking over the world what would you say to that uh what do i hear him say (laughs) (laughs) uh actually right now you hear him say that worried about them squids taking over oh holy shit you you understood that hold on you understand like you see him like stand up and grab you (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I, I understood it. Excuse me! If you don't have any more questions, I need to get back to my work. Keep thinking over there. I'll be right back to you. <laughs> Wait, okay, listen. I don't have much time until... I, I don't know if that thing can kick us out of here. There is something going on in this world. I think what is happening to him is happening now in our time. And I have to find some way to stop it, and I have to find a way to stop it without becoming him. I think that's why I don't look. I don't know 
exactly why I got sent here to find a Nothic, right? But I think that I think there's others in your order that are worried about that same thing. Because, like I said, I was told to find a live one, and I overheard them talking that they needed to do like experiments on it on a live one to see if things could get reversed. So, you might know somebody back on Nadir Anchorage who's starting to turn into one of them. Oh. How did how did Albion look whenever you last talked to him? Did he seem like this? He seemed real flamboyant. Um, okay, that's normal. <laughs> I don't know. Are they used to making contracts with like independent individuals like myself who like independent archaeologist types for uh, uh, gathering information? Not. I mean, I'm not going to say that I've been a member for so long, but. From my knowledge, it would always seem that Seekers specifically want to, you know, seek. They want to go out and do. I don't know why one would just hire... I mean, I've, I've always, you know, thought about hiring research assistants, but I mean, I'm still on the boots on the ground, not hiring some person to go out and look. Uh, maybe they're trying to see what research they can do without having a live Nothic to figure stuff out about. Fair enough. Um, listen... This is also very important before we move forward. I need as much information as, as as I can get from you, because when we go back into the real world, I have a feeling that all this information will get changed in your brain, and you won't remember what we talked about, or you'll think that we were talking about plasmoids, or GIF, or, you know, some guy named Jaden. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, all it's right. odd so odd magic, but I got you for a moment here, so I'm... I'm taking what I can get. All right, let me run through. I got back from the whale ship. Uh, I put up my boards that I was looking for work, and Albion contacted me, right? So so Albion contacts me. Uh, he didn't say who he was, but I've seen enough pins. I've been around the galaxy enough to know he was part of the Seekers. He gave me... He's paying me a lot of money, like stupid money, so that... I can bring him back a Nothic alive. Uh, like I said, I overheard him talking with somebody. Couldn't make out who it was, but they needed to find a cure for somebody, they said. Uh, and they, that other person exited the room before I was allowed in. Uh, Albion said that I should come here. How he knew about this place? I don't know. That ain't my job to know how he knows about things. My job is to go find a thing and get paid for it. So... He gave me this teleportation helm. It's got all its charges ready to go. He sent me here with the teleportation on his own. That way, in case something got hot and I had to like back off, take some time, regroup and go back in, I'd still have you know enough uses to get what I need and go. Um, so I got this helm's fully charged right now. Okay. Um, and, okay. Uh, outside of that, anything else that... I've talked about here has just been me spitballing stuff while I had information present in front of me. All right. Well, now I want that Nothic. <laughs> um, well, maybe we'll right. get lucky find a two-for-one special. All right. So uh, do me a favor. Um, whenever you go back to Albion, just tell him to se uh, send me a sending spell to, to talk to me. That We need to communicate. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, thank you, Squiddy. Um, I'm sorry if I came across as a little like him just a moment ago. That was, uh, 
I need to make sure I don't end up like that. But I'm not there yet. Listen, I don't know you from Adam, right? So the way I see it right now, you're scared. And judging how you reacted when you said squid to me, and I understood what was going on in a context of now and not some thousand years ago, you're panicked because people don't know what's going on. I, I get that. I ain't gonna hold that against you. I will say that uh, if opportunity comes around and you need somebody to go find something, uh, you call your boy first. Yeah, yes. Um, 100%. If we, if we need you, I will call you. And you see, like, Marco just kind of sits down and it's just kind of like, that's a, that's a lot that happened just now. Yeah, hey, why don't you talk to uh, this dude anymore, see if you can get any more information out of him, maybe with this new context of what I knew, what we spitballed just now. I'm going to read some books so this wasn't a waste of a uh, spell that you cast on me. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm just going to, like, scream out. as like, Cyrus, could you wake up, Squiddy, please? Marco and Squiddy both wake up. Nope. Huh. All right, um, I'm going back in. I'm afraid there's only an on and off switch. It's not an individual. Oh, it's 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 okay. Um, the good news is it's an on and off switch, so I'm going to switch now for myself. Squiddy, you don't recall any of what was said inside that memory. You remember a conversation was had, but the details are all fuzzy. Hey, uh, Marco, before you go back in there. Yep. Yes. Did we talk about something important? I. I I got this massive headache. I don't remember much. I think it might have been when I hit my head on whatever happened. Because uh, I remember I was not on the ground, and then I was on the ground. Okay, so uh, allow me to give you a little brief rundown. Um, we did have a conversation. It's a very, very long story, but I cannot explain what it was right now. Rest assured it was important, and you helped me immensely. Until then, try to look through some of the books, see if you can find any information, and I will get back to you on the specifics of that conversation. Hey, uh, yeah, th that 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 sounds good. I could probably use a uh, sit down while I'm reading these this stuff. Well, um, thank you for that, and um, I turn it on. Yep. And I just go limp. <laughs> you just collapse. Yeah. <laughs> Squiddy, you're very unsettled to just see Marco's eyes roll back in his head, and he just, like, falls like a sack of potatoes. Did, did that just happen to me, too? Like, why... Did, did y'all know this was gonna happen? Like, why wasn't... We got, we got two big, beefy boys right out there. Nobody could come in here and catch us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, he's excited. Um, he does know that happens, and he does not seem to care. <laughs> hey, so, uh, like... I don't know what's going on right now. Um, all I know is I got hired to find a uh, to find a creepy crawler. And do you know like where those things would be? Like you seem like you like understood it. You said you went after them before they were wild wizards gone mad and all that. Well, if I had to guess, they would probably be down in the catacombs, which thankfully is not far from here. The entrance would be near the base of this tower down on the first level. The catacombs themselves are subterranean and the wall extends eastward beneath the reservoir. Hmm. Well, I ain't gonna leave, uh, I ain't leaving this dude high and dry, you know what I mean? So, uh, I guess I'll do some reading while he's in there. Sure. Squiddy, go ahead and make an investigation check for me. All right. Can I use uh, Coral for a help action? Yep, absolutely. That would be a 21. 
Sure. You're poking around with some books. You can read them. Um, a lot of the books don't seem to have a whole lot to do with this, or at least not in ways that are, you know, you can connect to the conspiracy spread all around you. Mm -hmm. It is books of various topics, though. So, like, you might be able to, like, say, oh, this is a book kind of about what's being talked about here, but kind of in a general sense. So you look around clippings and stuff, and it's just more of this, like, very strange goings-ons, things that don't quite make sense. Factions and individuals acting in, in ways different than they usually do. You move a stack of papers and find a wooden crate with the top ajar and you move it and you see that inside of it is a glass jar that's about maybe 12 inches around and it's probably about 18 inches tall and floating inside that jar is a brain with clawed legs and feet. Nope, nope, don't, I, yo, I do not like this one bit. Uh, <laughs> is this, uh, is this brain with feet moving? It is kind of curled up in a fetal position um, and just kind of suspended there in its brine. All right, this is uh, this is one for uh, Seeker Boy. Uh, I'm just going to kind of like set that on the desk. And yep. a uh, hologram. Uh, what, do you, what do you know about this thing? Oh, that is an intellect devourer. Don't like that name. <laughs> <laughs> don't Don't care for that one bit. Um, Squiddy, as you set the thing down, you look up and you see what appears to be uh, a closet door is slightly ajar. I am going to pull up my shield, draw my gun, and I'm going to lean my foot out and kick the door open and have my gun resting on the top of my shield. Yeah, the door flies open. Dust kicks up everywhere. You see that there's boxes of shit in here, but kind of draped over the boxes are bones of a small-sized creature. Uh, I'm going to still keep the shield up, gun pointed at the bones. Uh, I've been through enough situations to know that just because they're bones doesn't mean they're not animated. Undead are, undead are things that exist, yeah. Uh <laughs> and I'm going to, like, lean in and, like, kick the uh, bones off of, like, the boxes. Yeah, you kind of kick the box so like the bones kind of clatter downward and the skull lands with a thunk thunk and rolls and as it rolls from the backside to the front side, you see that there is about a three inch diameter hole bored through its forehead. Nick, I know the answer to this. Does it look like sharp teeth bored through those? Something like that. Yeah. Marco. Yes. You enter the scene um, and it enters almost in the exact same place that it entered in before. Um, you see Gallinus dictating his notes, starting from the same place. Things, things are deeper. They go deeper than I could even imagined. I looked into Professor Arderforge. They are a ghost. They have no past. All right, so I'm going to approach a little bit more calmer this time. Uh -huh. Gallinus. Y yes. Who's there? Oh, sh this technology. Hello. My name is Marco Astorio, and I... Long story short, I need to know what is in your head right now, because it will be important in the future. You're going to have to be more specific. I have a lot on my mind at the moment. What do you know about Hagar Archerforge? What do you know 
about his travelings from Oort space. I'm glad you asked. I mean, he basically just recounts the same stuff that you he told you before. Uh, basically that uh, despite claiming being from Oort space, um, none of his contacts were able to verify that information. Um, any other claims that Ardor Forge had made to his background has not been able to be verified. Um, and then, in fact, Galanis um, confronting Ardor Forge directly only led to a very strange uh, comment. Yes, um, tell me, do you know anything about illithids, mind flayers, colloquially speaking? Um, some, but they're almost unheard of in crop space. What about Oort space? Uh, they're a little bit more, um, there, but not to any particular degree. It's not like, uh, realm space or the Astramundi cluster. So... What is happening in your time right now? What is happening politically speaking? Um, where to begin? The the council at Kratori have started making strange declarations. Um, various other factions within the Empire are acting strange and erratically. Um, combat is breaking out between allies. Um, strange alliances between former enemies, um, general confusion and chaos. Um, things are volatile, and it can't all be a coincidence to be happening now. Galanus, you have been a great help to me. Um, and if it's any consolation, you were right. Um, thank you. I, I think. I, I wouldn't, but, you know, it's, a uh, enjoy yourself. Um, Cyrus, could you wake me up, please? Uh, Squiddy. You. Shortly after you see the skull, you hear Brohane's voice come from outside. Um, I think I hear movement below. I walk out towards, uh, Brohane. Now, Nick, do I remember at least seeing the, uh, the gnome dude inside of the vision? Like, if I don't, even though I don't remember, like, Yeah, you remember that he was there. Alright, I'm walking up and I'm like, Yo, I'm, I'm going to go check that out. I'll go take a listen real quick. When Marco wakes up, tell him to go look in the closet because I don't think the dude that was making the thing in the, bra- thing in the brazier that Marco went back into ever left this room. And he's going to want to see whatever's in the closet. I feel like whatever this dude was had going on, that's got something to do with it. And Marco's going to remember more than I do. All right, I'll let him know. And yeah, I'm going to sneaky, sneaky to try and get a better listen. Sure. Go ahead and make a stealth check. And because of my armor, I do it with advantage. (laughs) Both of them were a 17 on the die, so that's a 23. Sure. Yeah, giant sneaking turtle. (laughs) Yeah, you start creeping down the steps. You get down one level. And you see a figure floating up the steps on the other side. And now you just, you're only down the stairs just barely enough to kind of peek down there. Um, Mm -hmm. So you're not in line of sight. You stay kind of hidden in the shadows, the way the shadows are cast um, from the the hazy white glow of like the arrow slit like windows that are around. Mm -hmm. You see a figure that is lanky, about eight feet tall, but it seems taller because it's floating about 
a foot and a half, two feet off the ground. Its arms lazily at its side, its hands ending in long curled claws, four tentacles hanging from its face. And a lithid is climbing the tower. Like, is that on the outside or? No. <laughs> um, well, shit. I'll take my screwdriver and jam it into a little uh, space that I've developed on my laser gun and like kind of turn it. And from the moment I fire the lightning bolt spell through my gun, mm -hmm. uh, yell, Brohane! Sure. Marco, you are waking, oh. having completed your conversation. And you see Brohane standing there. You're, uh... Your turtle friend uh, stepped outside. We heard sounds coming from below, but he wanted us to bring that to your attention. He points to a pile of gnomish bones on the floor. The skull sitting facing you with a three-inch diameter hole bored through its forehead. Brohane sees Marco just kind of like full on like face palms. Like you can kind of almost hear like a very deep, very pained sigh. Well, before I go outside, I am going to walk over to Gallinus's bones, um, and I'm going to investigate the closet. Sure. At that point, Marco, uh, your vision goes opaque. You feel Ravnus go unconscious. Mm. And then almost instantly afterwards, you feel Luckbeak give her 20 hit points. I try to say something out of reflex, um, but... Suddenly you hear Squiddy shout Brohane, oh, and then you feel the tower shake, and thunder goes off like a lightning bolt literally struck 30 feet away uh, before you have a chance to say anything to Luckbeak and Ravnus. I, I realizing that something's going on, um, leave that for now. I kind of look back to, like, Brohane and Cyrus and like, do you think you found the Nothic? <laughs> uh, Squiddy, go ahead and cast that spell. Uh, I am casting it, and I need you to make a dex save, uh, DC 18. All right. Mind Flayer has advantage on spells and magical effects. Um, yeah, that's that's a 19. Uh, well, I believe that is still half damage. Takes 8d6 lightning on a failed save or half as much of a successful. So, wasn't a complete loss. So, from the room, they just this big old electrical charge. And uh, 26, so half of that's 13. 13? Okay. And it ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried, so anything else in the 100 foot line that goes through this uh, thing. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of flammable objects around because it's a it's a frozen ruin. The mind flares glares at you as it continues. But uh, Marco, you hear that happen. We need to go check. We need to make sure he's okay. Yeah. So you guys go, Squiddy. Were you like turning turning tail and running, or were you facing off against this thing? Uh, I think I was going to. How far away is it? Is he from me? At this point, it just got to the top of its stairs, and you're at the top of yours, so it's like. 40 feet away. Uh, I think I want to take a pot shot, a couple pot shots at it and run. Before you do that. Is it initiative time? <laughs> in a second. I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. 
Wisdom saving throw. Nicholas, can Coral give me the help action on this? No. That is an 18. 18? Yeah, you hit it with its lightning and it locks eyes with you and you immediately feel it in your brain. And let's see. Oh, you would have advantage on this save anyway. That's okay. You succeeded anyway. <laughs> and you feel it attempting to bend your will, but you're able to shake it. Do I just out of just for like a flavor, do I remember anything of the conversation now that this is uh I'm actually seeing this thing for what it is? You don't remember the conversation, but you do know you're fighting a mind flare. Okay, that's fair. Um at least there's that. Um and and I think now would be the time to roll for initiative. Alrighty. Yeah. <laughs> Hi Nick. Hi Nick. Nick. Hey Nick. I got What'd a nat get? twenty. Your girl. What does that, that add up to? Uh, I got a 22. Okay. Oh, ho, ho. I got an 18. They also got nat 20s. I shit you not. <laughs> <laughs> you still beat them by one, though. Yes. Why is it that I, when the, whenever I roll good at initiative, they also roll good? That's not uh-huh. fair. <laughs> Usually we all roll like fives. <laughs> all right. Squiddy. All right. So. You do see the shadows of two more figures coming up the stairs behind the first. Oh, cool. Are those, uh, do they have a similar shape to it? Yep. Not in a straight line, though, because it's a spiral staircase. Yeah, figures. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and take my two pot shots with my laser pistol. And first one's going to be a nine. I don't think they hit. That hits. And... Next one's a 16. That maybe. Uh, that does hit. That does hit. Cool. That is 10 radiant damage. Okay. And I am going to use my movement to run like the scared little turtle I am. I have 35 movement speed, and then uh, after that, my... Uh, my board goes, and I'm just going to use my bonus action to command it to dash back to the room. Mm-hmm. So then it's going to have 60 feet fly to get back to uh, everybody. Yep. Yep. You guys see this strange seashell-made parrot come flying up. It looks like a knickknack you would see at your grandma's house. <laughs> <laughs> But it comes flying up, uh, flying up the stairs. And Squeedy yelling, squid, 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 squid. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I must have really pissed it off. Those are my turns. Sure. Their turns. It's going to go 30 feet. And uh, Squiddy, I need you to make an intelligence saving throw. Oh, cool. I am good at that one. Uh, is there any secret advantage that I don't know about for this? Nope. Cool, cool, you wish. Cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Nick, why can't you just attack me? I have really good AC. <laughs> well, that's going to be better than my AC. That's a 22. Okay. Uh, you succeed. Um... Do I have any kind of, like, brain tingles from this as well? Uh, you hear a screech in your mind that, like, rattles your brain. It feels like the synapses of your brain are trying to be pulled apart. Uh, and you're able to steal your mind and uh, resist. 
cool, cool. I'm really surprised that that's not half damage on a on a success, but it's not. You know what? I'll I'll gladly have a saver <laughs> suck spell cast at me. <laughs> so, and yeah, you see that there are two more mind flayers that have come up this staircase behind the first. <laughs> Shouting! Wait, multiple, multiple. Marco, uh, it's your turn. You can't see anything yet. Well, I'm going to uh, take my movement to try to get up to be as close to Squiddy as possible. Yep, Squiddy's on his way running up the steps. <laughs> you get to him and you see the first Mind Flayer, um, but the other two are out of line of sight from the way the staircase slopes and curves. Huh. Um, good question here. Um, let's see. Actually, hold on a second. Instead of doing Fireball, unfortunately, if these guys have advantages, such as the way of life, but how close are they together, would you say? You can't really see the other two yet, so you're not sure. Uh, Squiddy only managed to glimpse them as he was running up. But they're even out of line of sight of Squiddy now, too. Okay, um... Sorry, just checking my spells here. How's the wind in here? There isn't. Good to know. You're you're indoors. Minimal FS. Alright, um... Uh, final question. May I roll to see if, um... Uh, Mind Flayers have any immunities? Um, make an Arcana check. All right. 25. They don't. Okay. So I'm going to cast Cloud Kill um, as one of my fifth level spells. 20 foot radius sphere of poisonous yellow green fog centered on the points you choose within range. I'm centering it directly on your boy. Um, it lasts for the duration. Duration is up to 10 minutes. And or unless if there is a strong wind that gusts it away. When a creature enters the spell area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, that creature must make a constitution saving throw. Um, the creature takes 5d8 poison damage on a failed save. Or half, obviously. Okay. So they all need to make saves? Not right now. If uh, they move into it or if they start their turn on it. So whenever they start their turn, they got to. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. But yeah, so I just dropped this thing down there. and You see this like very thick Icarus yellow fog kind of starts creeping up and says, well, that's not going to stop them, but it should slow them down. Yeah. Marco, you hear Luckbeak's voice in your mind. Marco, so Kazath, his camp was fighting the Frost Giants. They have a Spelljammer helm, and they're planning on using it to attach to one of the ships. They don't need the dragons to carry them. They can just leave. So we're headed their way. If you want to meet us there with the rest of your party, we're going to figure out what to do from there. Um, I'm actually going to look back to the others and just say, we got to get the fuck out of here. Hey, I can handle that as long as everybody's ready and willing. Listen, I need to grab something from the room before you go, okay? So get the others out and then come back for me. If I'm going, I'm making one big trip. Okay, then. You guys all run back up the steps to the top. Squiddy, you can begin casting the spell. Marco, you duck inside the office. What do you grab? I grab the Cinder Shard, the fragment that to get into the thing, and the portable thing. Yep. Looking back at uh, the boxes with Galanus's head sitting on them, I'm like, I don't have time. Yep. And so, yeah, I, uh, I just grab those, look back, sigh, and I was like, all right, we got to go. Yeah, and uh, so long as I, I look around and like, all right, we got everybody. Hey, somebody somebody grab the orb for hologram because I don't know if that's going to get it. 
Yeah, Rinzar will just snatch Cyrus's drone out of the air. Wait, ah! The illusion vanishes, and Rinzar stuffs it in his pack. Uh, Squiddy, you don't know where you're supposed to be teleporting to. I do not. However, I do know that apparently we're supposed to, like, I'm just going to think about the two that I met before, Luckbeak and Ravnus. Oh, okay. Because I, I think that, like, let me... Check the description check of the teleport spell. Yeah. I think you do need to be thinking of a destination. Um, oh, I think this that, this might end badly if I were to say that, so I'm just going to shut up. I was going to say Voidfair, but if uh, you get that <laughs> wrong... <laughs> Yo, Marco, do you know? Do you have any idea where they're going to be at? Um, yeah, vaguely the Grand Quadrivium, but I mean, the Grand Quadrivium is huge, but uh, for lack of a better location, let's go. All right, um... And I kind of like just try to give the best description as I can. All right. Um, so I'm going to, I guess I'll roll on description and see. Yep. Uh, holy shit, Nick. I just got an 81. That's uh, in the on target range. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, Marco, you came back out. You guys huddle around Squiddy's focusing on his helm, which is starting to glow. You see this yellow mist coming up the stairs and you see figures beginning to emerge through it. And as the first figure, you see its tentacled face emerges through the fog. You guys vanish. And I think that's where we'll end the episode. All right. (laughs) As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names and contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens isn't stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. Thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. 
She is waiting. You see and hear this terrible, like, cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe he's, like, juggling or something. Maybe he's found some, like, dismembered, um, body parts and he's, he's using that as a distraction. Galgenbeck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there. Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes! But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table, she. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah, of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell! Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy, grab your tongue, grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. ProjectDerailed.com